0: imagine that right now you're feeling a bit like alice tumbling down the rabbit hole Hmm? you could say that i can see it in your eyes you have the look of a man
1: who accepts what he sees because he's expecting to wake up Uh
0: Welcome to Team Rabbit Edition 252 with Rena Monet, Renegade. Join the team as we get to know Rena, a talented visionary artist, Miss Oregon Petite winner 2021, and genuine modern Valkyrie. Welcome and well met.
1: <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> for
2: sure, dude. Um, this is one of those things where, like, we don't know each other. Like, I, I think I saw what, some of your art online and then added you because I thought you were talented, and then I was like basically i was like oh you're a monkey i want to get on here pick your brain um so yeah we've never met we i, I think we've probably got friend circles that overlap but i couldn't tell you how who's facebook i saw your art on or whatever um but before we go down that rabbit hole too far something we do on this podcast is correspond the episode number which Raphael just read as 252 um i reduced that so two five plus two is nine that would be the in the traditional tarot that's the uh hermit card right but in the um starman david d'angelo starman tarot he's been on the podcast he's really cool um his is the alien so it says i bring back knowledge from distant places uh the alien or the hermit card like i said in traditional tarot is about knowing your worth you are perfect the way you are being free seeking answers within you going deeper understanding more of the universe and taking time to do something that you've never done before i don't know if you've ever done a podcast but maybe that resonates Raphael, what uh angel card you have.
0: We got number 66. It is the angel of the knowledge of good and evil. This angel helps calm the anger of people and take away all evil influences. Influences the inspiration for music and poetry, dominates the world of the elementals. Associated to the Seven of Swords, the affirmation goes I will stop sabotaging myself. And angel qualities include transcendence of fears, of high morality, Kindness, goodness, thoughtfulness liberates one's deeply buried potential. So we're curious.
2: That was a mouthful, I know. And if you didn't rock at all, it's cool because, hey, life happens. But I'm curious, Rena, if any of what we just gushed forth resonated or synced up with you.
1: Yeah, um, definitely Like self-sabotage is something I'm always trying to not do and get out of my way. So that definitely resonates with me currently. <laughs>
2: And I mean, I don't like I, I don't stalk you online or anything. I don't know much about you, but I think you recently were sick or had a headache or something weird, and you were kind of doing the hermit mode more. Um, mm. So uh, that came to mind. What happened? And because it's an alien thing, like I was looking at your chart, which I'll get into at some point more. But you do have Jupiter and Aquarius in second house. You're a Sagittarius Sun conjunct Moon, um, or Capricorn Moon. My bad. I'm not looking at your chart. Jeez. Uh, you're a magical little alien and it's not terribly surprising the alien card comes up. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, my awareness of you is minimal. Like I said, it's kind of one of these secondhand smoke digital interactions or something where I was like, Oh, that's cool. And here we are now. So I'm kind of uh, you can be as long winded as you want or short winded. Who the heck are you? What is your story? Where are you? Like, what's the deal? I want to get in. I'm an art history dropout so I can get into kind of like geeking out about your art at some point. Um, but I'm kind of trying to get the the woman behind the myth, so to speak at this point. So, um, yeah, the conch is yours and I'll probably pick your brain randomly. And so Rafael. but feel free, like I said, to kind of just let us know who you are.
1: Cool. Um, well, hello everybody. <laughs> um, I am a traumatic brain injury survivor, um, and got into art, which you found me online through as a healing outlet for myself when I was doing rehabilitation. um, Uh, 11 years ago, October 10th, 2010, I was working as a deckhand on a commercial squid fishing boat off the coast of San Diego. And we got in a really gnarly storm. Um, And at that time we accidentally caught like 5,000 herring and had no other way to get the herring out of the boat, out of the net. Um, So we had to squish the herring in the boom block above the boat. So the whole boat was covered in blood. Um, As the seas got like, the, as the tides and the waves got up to like 30 foot swell, the propeller uh, got the net stuck in it and we couldn't get it out. While we were fighting to get the herring out of the net and the and the netting out of the propeller, um, a piece of lead line dropped from above and slacked and hit me in the, sa- the right side of the head. Um, I instantly uh, changed it changed my life from that moment on. Um, I was brought to the hospital and told that I had a blood clot in my brain and that I could die at any minute. Um, luckily, it went away, but with it, it left me with stroke-like symptoms, long-term memory loss, and short-term memory loss, as well as fibromyalgia. All of that accumulated within six months. I had to get put into a traumatic brain injury hospital to live as an inpatient, um, to relearn how to talk, walk, uh, do basic human things. I couldn't, I forgot, I. Had so much pride then before, um, because before I was a fisherman, I was a professional actress and model in Hollywood. Um, I was Miss Alaska, Hawaiian Tropic, two thousand three, and then Miss on, International so Teen Alaska
2: we got to pull all the way back. All right. So clearly like the accent's a big deal. We'll get to that. Like, yeah. And okay. just very briefly before like, I forget,
0: <laughs> um, because there's always interesting things with these cards. So the angel you drew, one of the angel qualities also says uh, neurotechnology and high initiation. So I'm sure you'll talk more about that. But I was just like, this is very interesting.
2: All right. So it's my, I should have set you up better for this. I should say, where did you, where were you born? What culture were you in? Let's like do a whole biography. Like what kind of shit okay. were you into the kid? <laughs> like cool, clearly cool. you were doing mo- you missed, like pageantry or whatever in Alaska. So I want to get to like how you got to where you are now, clearly post, uh, like the art is engendered through the accident and stuff like that. But more complicated than that so let's pull all the way back and start (laughs) you know the first reel or whatever uh go for it so where you were born in alaska i'm pretty sure right start there
1: yeah i was um i was raised by two awesome hippie parents and in a cottage with no electricity or running water until i was eight on an island called coopernoff across from the village of petersburg which is in southeast alaska um my my cottage was only accessible by boat a skiff and my mom would put me and my brother in a bucket and on in a backpack on her belly to drive the boat every day to and from work. Um, I always like dreamt about being something, you know, or like, you know, having dreams as a kid. My dream was always to be a model and an artist. <laughs> I um, started like getting into magazines when I was a little girl because on an island of 3000 people, um, and Kupernoff was population 10, but Petersburg was 3,000, only accessible by border plane. Um, And so there's not many opportunities for people from coming from a really small place like that. Um, And so when I was 17, I did this contest, which was really random. I was working as a hostess at a restaurant and this guy came in and he was like, you know, at that time I was was slinging weed and uh I worked two jobs is a little So you were like a
2: hippie, uh, you were a second gen hippie. I mean you were like yeah, psychedelics was, and all that kind of stuff.
1: Totally, totally. I didn't try psychedelics um at a young age, but I definitely was smoking weed. Um just you know, I I, I Getting, met this guy again. in Canada and learned how to get them anyways. <laughs> but um I was at this at this uh this restaurant and this guy came in he's like you you should do this pageant and I was you know, 17, I couldn't go to a bar without a chaperone, so I convinced my mother to go with me, and I ended up winning, which was a shock, because I was the youngest girl. I was the only girl with short hair, and I was a redhead at the time. I was a little ruthless hustler back then, Um, so I didn't, I was pretty blown away that I won Capricorn the title Moon for Southeast.
2: <laughs> like, you're a hustler. What? Don't doubt it. I said you're a Capricorn Moon. You're a hustler. Don't doubt it. Yeah. Queen Bean, <laughs> for sure.
1: I love it. Yeah, and I, I won that, and then I ended up winning the whole state as uh, Miss Alaska Hawaiian Tropic, and um, it, it, in the competition in Hawaii, I met the this agency in Hollywood and um, started doing photo shoots and then found out about another pageant for the petite international women. It's for women under 5'4", of all body types. Um, all ethnicities and it's to promote positive beauty and body positiveness um, because most women that are in pageants are above five eight to five nine and higher and so this is opportunity for young women I mean sorry small women to make big moves Um, and so with those uh, titles I decided to move to California and chase the uh, entertainment industry dream of being an actress and a model and I ended up Lala getting Land. into Ma- uh, Maxim um, and doing a movie. I was on a bunch of TV shows, um tire bank show, I was on the uh, I was on the tire bank show representing like white America. show America.
2: The reality tire banks thing.
1: Yeah. Like the beauty yeah. thing. Okay. Then, see, um, I mean I'm a
2: guy, I don't watch all that kind of stuff, but I know about it. Like cool. That's
1: dope. Yeah, the I'm not too fond of her. <laughs> I've never I mean, been little... so discriminated.
2: Oh, really? Why? What happened? I mean, be as honest as you want. If you want to plead the fifth, you can.
1: Well, it was just really interesting. It being like, I didn't realize it was pretty, she, she basically kind of convinced me to come onto the show to show the positive side of what Wicca is. And it turned out being like a Jerry Springer episode where there was three white witches, three, two black witches. And then she brought on a Satanist to try and bash us all when Satanism has nothing to do with the craft. And so it was really um hard for me. I left crying and I didn't realize, of course, that it's a Christian show, so there's going to be a lot of biasness and misunderstandings towards um, my religion, which is pagan white Wicca. Um, But there are three types of Wicca, and that was like the main thing that I was promoting was the awareness of that during that time. So it was just a really hard realization being on that show with her. And I,
2: um, not to get too such. When did you get into Wicca? Was that like your parents were into it and then you did it or yeah. were you just on the island, you know, smoking weed and the otters that do this or how did it work? <laughs>
1: um, it, it, Actually, I was a, always a very sensitive, uh, intuitive child. And so my mom gave me the opportunity to figure out what my religion was. So she gave me all kinds of books on everything from Jewish to you know, Buddhism, Wicca, Paganism, Christianity. Uh, she really wanted me to be open to finding something that really resonated with me, and Wicca and Paganism just really, rec- uh, you know, hit home because my nature is the ch- going. Nature is my church, and going out in the forest is where I find I can talk to my God or the spirits um, in a more direct way.
2: Yeah, That's what's yeah. up. I don't know too many Wiccans. Um, my, I think my fiance started with that. Um, I don't think she would claim herself as that now. Uh, we've had Hannah Harkness, a comedian on from Brooklyn. She's a, she's a Wiccan, self-proclaimed. Uh, I appreciate it. It's kind of like you know. To me, I never got into it. I was raised Christian. I still kind of identify with it to a point. But I mean, I'm doing psychedelics and clearly not traditional. Maybe
0: Christian. like to mention the di- differentiation that you were going on about. Because I am not so deep into it. Yeah, the schools.
2: I I'm not. Yeah. Tell us a little about Wicca. We're see. Don't feel like we're interrupting you, but I'm like, all right, pause. Let's let's blow that up for a second, and we'll keep going. And I also just saw something in your chart that you'll find very profound because your accident was in your chart, but we'll get into it in a second. So uh, never think like, why did this happen? It's like this was in your chart. Like this is your head injury. Let's put that way. Uh, But I'll get into it in a second. So um, yeah. What are the branches of Wicca? There's white, I guess.
1: Yeah there's white um which is you know doing doing good not harming anybody not changing anybody's things uh it's just basically a, a very positive lifestyle recognizing recognizing nature and the gods of the earth and um i uh i'm also a descendant of uh, Bru- uh robert the bruce um and I guess Ivar the Boneless, who is a Viking uh, son of Ragnar, uh, so I've always been kind of into the Norse and mystical fantasy stuff since a child, and um, and so I, I definitely found white Wicca to be more of a thing for me, also, which could basically just also be uh, cons- uh, titled as paganism. Black witches, um, they meddle with people's lives. They they're very aware of the dark, the white, and the dark, of course, just as much as white wiccans should be um but they they do cause harm on people and there's there's three laws there's a there's a wiccan reedy of 12 rules one of the one of the big ones is do as you will as long as you harm none and that is one rule that they don't really follow but of course that's just you don't really want to go and piss off a black witch because they're They're
2: like sith lords right i mean it's like the left hand side of wicca yeah
1: it's really different like when i did the tyra show the black witches freaked me out more than the satanist people did um because like satanism is definitely not something that we believe in that's a christian belief well we believe in the dark and the light sides and that's very obviously here on earth we are in heaven and hell at the same time and we choose to be a part of what we want to be green witches are herbalists potion workers um nature nature people Hufflepuff. Um, yeah which i also you know i have a huge garden and go mushroom hunting i'm a forager so i could consider myself that too but really all in all i'm just spiritual um and try and recognize the different realms and dimensions in that on on this planet
2: you had said earlier that the uh the island you lived on had a population of 10 so it was like your family and like some other family or how'd that
1: work yeah yeah my is a really really big island and um Our cottage was at the mouth of Petersburg Creek, and our our next neighbors were probably like 15 miles away or something like that. Um, Everything is really spread out there. And so we would have to go to Petersburg Island, like the mainland, to get supplies and do laundry and get groceries and- Civilization, as they say. Yeah. (laughs)
2: Um, Was that, I mean, we don't have to dwell too much on that, but like how was growing up on a hippie island, I mean, were there any memories where, you're like, holy shit, I'm swimming with orcas all the time? Like, wh- I've been to one festival. Ironically, I'm a musician into psychedelics. I've only been to a, a festival right before COVID in on Orcas Island called Imagine. I think it was called. Um uh, cool. I wanted so, to do
1: that one.
2: It was dope. I got uh, actually somebody who's been on the podcast was like, I don't know how he knew this, but he's like, I because I'm I talk a lot on Facebook and stupid shit. And he's like. He hit me up. He's like, I know you've never been to a festival. You want to volunteer and work at this thing? And we go for free. And I was like, sure. Uh, it was a really fun time. I actually was, was in Seattle for a week or two, Portland, checked out the Pacific Northwest, all that jazz. But um, yeah, no, it's a very different environment. Uh, Vancouver, BC is like one of my favorite cities. I've been there. I used to live in Hawaii. So when I flew back, I flew there. Um, but yeah, what are, yeah, they don't what have to party. And they're all
1: smiling. I love Canadians. <laughs>
2: they're, they're all right. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, like if I mean, we don't have to go deep into it, but like, are there any standout memories where like, holy shit, one year the island almost burned down or like, like, wow. you, clearly you're going through a lot of different, like, there's no firemen or paramedics or, you know, it's like you're on yeah. your own kind of like.
1: It was very interesting. Our, uh, our movie theater was in the auditorium and it was weird for me because I just got back from Alaska and it was the first time I've been back since my brain injury. Um, when I got taken out of the hospital, I had to go under the care of my mother, um, and go back home and live with her. Cause I was, you know, a, basically kind of like a child. Um, I wasn't in control of my emotions. I, um, would, yeah, I, I had a lot of cognitive impairments, so I had to be under her care. And so going back recently and having a lot of these memories come back, like going out on the boat and what that was like and all of the different survival things that we have to be aware of. And, um, you know, to be prepared for anything because the weather can change really fast and you could, you know, not have a blanket on you or, you know, not have a lighter and you, maybe your outboard goes out and you're stuck in the water and it pushes you upstream uh, from the current and then no one knows where you are. Like survival things like letting someone know where you're going and if there's like an ETA to for when you get there and stuff. Um, It's very, th- uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting because it was really, it was just really, Nice to be reminded that I come from such a natural place. It's really simple. Um and it's such a safe area up there. Uh Absolutely a blessing. It's like
2: Nordic. I mean it's like America Nordic. Like it's basically the same thing as Norway and um Scandinavia, essentially like our version of yeah.
1: it. Yeah. Um, Actually my Paris? town was like region town too. So we, have, we do a Viking festival on Mayfest and everybody dresses up like Vikings and it's very Viking themed. It's really cute. <laughs> Between
2: your genetics it seems and your choice of manifesting in this 3d uh in alaska with a viking town it seems you kind of set the tone for your uh trip um so yeah like i mean not many people were you homeschooled were you always going back to town to do shit in town or were you kind of reclusive hermit card i mean you got the hermit card not surprising you guys were living in a hermitage
1: yeah i wasn't homeschooled um definitely not i wish i was though um but i did get to learn a lot of you know, things outside in nature uh, taught a lot more that people should teach children in school.
2: Word. So we can go all the way back to 17. This guy grooms you at some levels. Like, go to L.A. You go to fucking L.A. What the heck? Talk about culture shock. Like,
1: yeah, Christ, I can't weird. even
2: imagine. So what, how'd that go?
1: It was actually really it was a lot of fun. Uh, I got a fake I.D. and started going and doing red carpet events and partying and um felt like I was you know living a dream flying all over the world uh, modeling and I was booked three months in advance for photo shoots auditions or even a date I would have to have a schedule Uh, but I got really sick of it because I like basically kind of like flung myself right into a career which is all about image and I come from a place where image isn't important and so it just kind of started to hurt my soul living in a city being around fake people that are always kind of like what do you have that I can benefit from and you know not being taken seriously as a woman um when there's so much there where sex is selling and I'm not uh an easy person I have really high morals which I'm very grateful for because I could have easily taken the the an easy road doing things um I got centerfold my at 18 and turned that down. And I'm really glad I did that still to this yeah.
2: day. That's still something to be proud of. I mean, I'm not all about like, you know, porn and stuff, but it's like, wow. Not many people could say that. Props. Yeah. Uh, and I don't know how many, I don't know how many people who know you know that. So this is the kind of stuff where I'm like, tell us who you are.
1: Yeah, not um, many. I still have the pictures in a safe <laughs> <'Cause>,
2: <laughs> Those will be valuable one day If your kids or grandkids are going to be like Check out grandma
1: Yeah, well, I thought about there. that Like how would my children view me in the future And do I really, you know It depends on where you're living And, and you know, in a city If you were in a naked magazine You're respected If you're from a small town You're not respected It's I really um, always valued being respected And working the hard Taking, you know Not taking the easy road And working hard for what I want Um, which is why healing from this brain injury was, uh, a, my, my whole focus ever since it happened was to not accept that as my path. Um, cause I I knew that I was meant for more, but I was so empty and basically (laughs) erased, um, to where i, I, like I didn't remember is,
2: uh, the accent isn't your chart probably pisses you off <laughs> you're like I'm, not this. I'm like well, actually you were meant for this but you're not going to be a victim of it you're going to overcome it i'll get to that in a second um so you were in la doing all this maximum stuff of traveling the world how did you end up on a fishing boat i mean was it just like this cognitive dissonance thing you're like fuck it i'm out i'm gonna go fish kind of send me get back to my roots or how did that work
1: because um, well, I prefer
2: so, San Diego way more for the record uh yeah i a,
1: Petersburg is a a small fishing village. And my mother was a commercial fisherman and tugboat uh, worker. And then my, my brother is a, was a a crab fisherman, like on the deadliest catch. He did that for a long time. And so growing up on in Petersburg and Juneau, um, all my friends fish and it's kind of what you end up doing if you're, if you're living there. Um, Uh, and it, and I, I found out that I could make about $40,000 doing squid fishing. And I had already done salmon, uh, gillnet fishing in Alaska before and a bunch of other types of fishing. And so I, I figured if my, my buddy Pat got me on his boat and I didn't realize that the boat that I got put on the, the skipper had like, I think a drug problem. And then one of the other deckhands had like a bum leg. And so I was left doing the lead line. Um and I'm five four, a hundred and like nineteen, twenty pounds. And so doing lead line over and over and over again was extremely challenging. And I've never worked harder in my what is life. lead line?
2: I mean, I've I've seen deadlifts, catch and stuff. Uh actually I just recently uh I, I go through this all the time i quit smoking I, I used to grow weed and i've smoked weed most of my life but i quit and when i was going through withdrawal like awake for three days not eating i was watching all this deadliest cat shit on facebook <laughs> and i was like because I'm, like I'm like what the fuck is going on in the world do i like how, i don't want to live in a mud dog hut but oh look that's an option you know kind of like what you're you know the alaskan life yeah um but what is a lead line i mean is that like just a heavy lead line like what it might imply <laughs>
1: So the lead line is the part of the net that makes it sink right away to the bottom. And then there's a cork line, which is on the top of the net and basically it creates one long flat line. But when, ter- when, when both ends are brought together, it creates a swooping circle. So everything within it will get caught. So the lead line is about like, uh, I want to say like, I'm really bad with math. Uh, Wait, uh, a rather thick line. A rather <laughs> thick lead, a yeah. uh, really heavy piece of line. So when it's bumbled up, it can turn into like a, one of those balls that could knock out a house or take someone's like head off. Ball. Yeah.
2: So probably not the best for a fucking five some odd, 100 uh, plus pound wet, like, girl. <laughs> like, what the hell?
1: Yeah. It, it's weird. Yeah. I mean,
2: you're a Valkyrie, so it's like you, you ch- took the challenge on, but my God, uh, that seems like. Yeah. Like and fishing's anime.
1: in my blood, you know? I. I love being out on the sea and never get seasick. It, I my dad's living on a catamaran in the Caribbean. He's a pirate with the eye patch. <laughs> so it's funny. It's border, <laughs> for sure.
2: So um, so you got the gig with your friend. It was kind of a shady, whatever situation, not ideal. And you get hit on the head, like clear. And I want to say at this point, like you have what Chiron in, in astrology is uh, your wound. Your like you know the wound where your light enters. I actually have Chiron in Gemini too. So, I tend to like talk over myself, lose my train of thought, all this kind of stuff. You've got Chiron and Gemini. So, the mind, Gemini, like intellectual, the brain, um, in sixth house, which is Virgo, i.e., health. That's where your Chiron is. So, a head wound will happen to you. That's kind of what that's telling me. Um, wow. It happens, so, you don't have to be paranoid. <laughs> it's probably the worst is ever. But, um, it's, yeah, so you had this accident, clearly, probably one of the more defining moments of your life. Were you, before we keep going, were you artistic before this, or was this the therapy got you? Like cognitive again necessarily.
1: That's what's interesting about it is um, because I, I I was an artist before and I loved to paint, but I wasn't. Uh, I didn't know that I could paint like I do now. Of course, I've had schooling since the accident. Um, but the the I when I was like healing in my mom's house, I didn't have anything to do. I was basically like stuck at the house, kind of bedridden. I started getting hyperthesia, um, which I was diagnosed with, which is hypersensitivity to sight, sound, taste, and touch. Um, So I couldn't really handle going out in daylight without sunglasses. I couldn't handle being touched. I couldn't handle a lot of the people's emotions around me. I was becoming, I guess what most people would call an empath, very sensitive to people's uh, vibe and so I just stayed at home and started painting things which kind of like helped me escape from my depression and my my grief because I was grieving really hard like not being able to remember who I was because I would study myself on Facebook every day um and try and remember who old Rena was and then I would google her and study all the videos and all the all the things that I did um because it, it, i just couldn't connect with that woman uh you know the the model the actress like real dude you know that's
2: the real shit i mean how did that i mean obviously it's depressing but it's like how did you <laughs> i mean, you probably described it as best you can but i'm like uh, good job not killing yourself jesus christ if i was like woke up like all fucked up and like who am i what the fuck i don't know if i could handle that
1: i got there i got there i then that's how i found ayahuasca um i i, I definitely it's was in the in
2: it's like, oh, I, I said, just straight into the deep end. I mean, like, like you smoke weed and do stuff. It's like ayahuasca. It's like, well, I haven't even yeah. done that yet. Uh, yeah. So yeah. I think even that does neurological uh, rewiring and stuff. So it doesn't, it probably did. I mean, I don't want to be like, a, you know, a. You
1: oh, know, it did. It did. It's I. Like the, I to heal you. <laughs> yeah, it definitely did. Um, But like it was, it was honestly remarkable because I, I was, I was definitely in a, such a bad place. I kept trying to live a life uh, where denying that I had a brain injury, denying that I wasn't remember anything, relationships, conversations, lovers, um, just would forget stuff. And, uh, I, I got to such a dark place that a friend was like, Rana, like you really should find you, you, I think you need to sit with a shaman. Um, so I got invited into a group and in that ceremony, um, you know, no, this was actually in Grass Valley. I, I live on the Oregon okay. coast here. Um, I bought a house with the settlement money from the... Uh, accident. Yeah.
2: So so you're not in Alaska anymore. Basically, I just have in my mind, you're like this heavy Alaskan person, but you just basically revisited, revisited for the first time in a long time. So, okay. Continental American, West Coaster, Grass Valley, California. Yeah. The shaman yeah. exists.
1: Yeah, I still live in the boonies. Uh, I have an ocean view where there's mushrooms all over and not not many people nearby. So that's really nice for me. Um, kind of still feel like I'm in Alaska and stuff. Um, but I ended up going to, yeah, Grass Valley several times for several different ceremonies. And, you know, when when I surrendered to myself um, and basically told her, like, I am about to kill myself. No one would, will want me this way. Who would ever love me when I don't know who I am, when I feel like I've had a walk in, when I have to completely relearn everything from cooking to driving to what what love is, what what are the seven deadlies, what does hate feel like, what does jealousy feel like? What does the word no mean? Yes mean. What is Disney uh, movies? <laughs> <or> yeah. <whatever. laughs> all movies are new for me. <laughs> That's
2: cool, though. New music, everyone's like, yo, we know you used to like Daft Punk, but check this shit out.
1: Dude, it w- I would leave it on replay and not even fucking recognize it, that it was the same song playing over and over again for a while. Luckily, my memory has gotten a lot better. Um, now I could say that After testing out of out of five things that a human can do, I could like if we're having a conversation, I can remember three of the five things um, unless it's like repetitive and uh, I really make sure that it sticks.
2: Well, props even further than for you coming on here, because I'm sure there's some kind of apprehension. I mean, like, I'm just like, hey, let's talk or whatever. It's like, that's not necessarily the easiest thing for you. Um, yeah, not
0: but, I mean, not everyone, coach, even without everybody. any injury is able to follow all the rabbit holes, either I or Jim <laughs> like to go down in one sentence, <laughs> you know, so <laughs> that's so awesome. You yeah.
2: before ayahuasca. Pardon? Um I might had you tr- like you'd smoked weed and stuff but you said you didn't really like do psych like uh, entheogens or whatever like hard hallucinogenic psychedelics um was ayahuasca like the first major kind of trip episode you've ever had or had you dabbled before that
1: Yeah well I, that was the first time doing ayah. um I after the accident I kind of went and searched for myself because I I had this like epiphany if I don't know who I am who do I want to be? Like, who am I? What now the world is really open and I've viewed it completely differently. Like everything is so beautiful. Everything is so like, what, what do I want to do? What is the world? And so I, I bought a, a ticket to this festival called Envision Festival in Costa Rica. And it it's was my really first pretty, time.
2: Uh, design. Oh, the, uh, it's the amazing. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Nice.
1: Yeah, it was, it was epic. And it was like first time like baby bird left the nest from mom. And at that time I was 27. Um, I got hit in the head when I was 25. Um, and so like by 20, I think 27 or 28, I don't remember, but about four or five years after the accident, I decided I was ready to kind of like go try and be by, you know, be independent. Cause I lost my independence. I had to depend on my mother for everything, which was a big ego blow going from being a professional model and actress to debilitated, um, which made me very grateful and very uh, have a a massive amount of compassion that have had to overcome obstacles in their life that no one would ever understand. Um, Because 5.3 million citizens, that's 2% of the population, are living with a disability as a result of the TBI, and nobody really talks about it. Um, like in 2019, there were 61,000 TBI related deaths and they just keep growing. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's just, it's really, it's really insane that the, 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 the needing to like go and find myself. There's a big like, impact. Yeah. <laughs>
2: there, a, what you're saying, there's a lot more people having brain injuries, traumatic brain injuries than I realized. It's kind of like when I hear numbers about missing kids or something, I'm like, holy fuck like i'm just right. kind of doing my thing and it's like what do you mean there's like a billion people missing where are they going Uh um,
1: yeah. anyway
2: um so uh i don't i'm just kind of buckshot questioning so if you you know if i confuse you or anything just be like <laughs> shut the fuck up um <laughs> so you did i have never done ayahuasca. i've smoked dmt a few times i mean still can't process really what happened we Talked can
0: keep it simple DDs. enough uh yeah. can you tell us about your experience just what just yeah, the parts sure, of yeah. course you want to share or uh, even maybe how it felt because i would say i had one i did it a few times but one particularly effective session and there i would say also like you know so in a sense it did something to my dna or something i don't know but in terms of even visual representations and i can imagine it being especially interesting having had such an injury and going in there in the interest of actively rewiring because mm-hmm. there it has you know a lot to Ooh. do, potentially. So Specific yeah. intentions, got the shivers, huh? So, yeah, I <laughs> so, got the
1: shivers tonight, yeah. So, Ooh, so Anything yeah.
0: you want to mention? I would be really curious.
1: Sure, I'll tell you the story. Um, so, so when I went in, uh, you know, drank, drank the tea and surrendered to Aya, I, I told her that I really needed to love myself more. I needed to find my purpose, why I'm here, why I didn't die, because I really wish I had died on the boat. No one wants to be a walking empty, um like 50 first dates, right? Um so when I when I drank, of course it was along along different types of a lot of rainbows, a lot of different entities coming at me. Um but one thing that really stuck out was I was like levitated and my arms are out and I'm probably about like four or five feet in the air. And all of a sudden, all these axes and knives and things are are shot towards me and stuck me all over the body like I was a voodoo doll being poked and prodded and, and suffered. And, and to me, it was would be what I describe as having fibromyalgia. I constantly feel like I'm being tortured. Randomly, I'll be cut open or, or w- weird pain. So real to the point that I have to grab my leg and squeeze it and tell my brain that it's not happening. So having this visualization of all of these painful things going into my body was me learning how to embrace the pain. And then all of a sudden from every corner of the black room that I was in, rainbows came from every corner towards me and then below my feet. And then they went into the air, touched my feet. All the rainbows went up my legs, up my body. And then my head went back and I opened my mouth and Like in in the Matrix, when he takes the blue pill and you're like down the thing, um, I other rainbows went down my throat. People (laughs) filled me (laughs) with light, and it made me just like, like shoot out all of the axes and the knives and everything shot out, and causing where all the holes were for light to come piercing out. And I told me, she said, like you were here to drink rainbows for breakfast. Like you were here to to be the light, like you can handle the pain. You, you can handle this. Like, this is part of what you you have to go through the most excruciating amount of pain to be able to have the best life apparently. And of course uh, I was just like blown away by the healing of that because I felt like I was filled with light and rainbows. And all of a sudden I was like, you know, just kind of knew that whatever that, that I could tell myself that I was better. And so I started. Convincing, you know, positive reinforcement, positive self-talk, telling myself that I didn't have a brain injury, telling myself that I could be anything I wanted, that I could, I could heal, that I could remember again, that I did deserve love, that I could be anybody, even if I, you know, was in my own way and felt like I had a disability, I could really convince myself that. And, um, so I continued to do the work with Aya after that, and she kept showing me, um, to be gentle on myself and to love on myself and you know to to trust the process and um she she i that's kind of how i found art um i decided to take a painting class because i found this class that amanda sage was teaching called how to paint with light and amanda sage is an amazing visionary painter much like alex gray um in a more feminine way and um so i went and took her class in la and I've never, I didn't realize that I could paint. I was blown away by this painting I painted of myself with a third eye. It was a self portrait and I still haven't finished it yet, but I, I it was so mind boggling for me to see that I could paint like this. Cause I didn't remember. Um, I also just, I didn't know what I was capable of. And so I was so blown away by that and realized that maybe this is the one thing I'm good at and can remember. So I need to do more of this. So I found out about another course that she was teaching in Italy um, through the Visionary Art Academy with Daniel Morante, Adam Scott Miller, and Amanda. So I went and took that course. I brought my mother with me so I could, you know, uh, get through being in a new country with a foreign language without losing my patience. Do you know David (laughs) Heskin?
2: Do you know David Heskin? the artist Um, i haven't met
1: him yet but i'm a very big fan of his work
2: he's been on the podcast and i think maybe that's how i became aware of your stuff but i'm pretty sure he was doing he was teaching at that italy school or in vienna or something like that That i'm forgetting exactly but this is how all the circles are coming together now uh because i mean i'm just an art history geek dropout or whatever but now i'm like oh cool like i feel like i'm smoking weed watching people in like (laughs) the renaissance or something it's pretty crazy all right so so basically and i um i mean at some point i don't know if you'll show it to the public but i'm interested to see the development of that piece whenever it comes out that third eye kind of thing. So you basically are like, holy shit, I've got the superpowers. I'm looking at your chart again. And I mean I'm, I'm not trying to interrupt you a bunch, hopefully that's not thrown your style. Um but you've got 12th house uh Venus like you really do know how to see the beauty in all things so that whole vision of like the darkness being transmuted. Um you have Scorpio and Pluto which is a generational thing so do I in 10th house you're here to do the business of transmutation. I mean, you're here to change quite a bit. So that whole ayahuasca trip seems appropriate, however you want to put that apt. Um, I don't know Amanda age personally, but I, I know her art. We'll have to try to get her on here at some point. She seems cool. Um, so she encouraged you to make art. I didn't mean to cut you off. I was just like, wait a second. That Italy thing sounds familiar. Um, so you went to the Italy place. Mom went to, hopefully she had a, Bella had a good time, hopefully. But um, yeah, keep going. I didn't mean to cut you off there, but something tricked me. I was like, wait, I know I've heard of that school uh art
0: school
1: yeah david heskin is a shit um a lot of visionaries have taught there um and yeah so so i just i decided to just dive deep into painting um and took another course uh at the visionary art academy in austria vienna um in 2018 or 17 And that was really cool. It was during one of the winters. that was the coldest ever. So it was being in Alaska and I was shocked at how cold it was there. Oh, my God. Freezing. But I got a lot of art done. And I was
2: in Switzerland in 2017 for the whole year. So uh, it's not as bad (laughs) as Austria, probably. But it's striking how cold it can be. Like, one doesn't think, uh, especially, it's weird because I think Alaska is cold. But because of the moisture, it kind of changes a little. Like England's cold, I guess, but it's not that bad. Whereas once you start getting into these higher mountain regions, it gets like uh dry, you know, and very uh biting a little more. Um, so yeah, I don't mean to keep. uh, I'm a Gemini, this is Gemini life. I just randomly ask questions, Raphael. Before I give her back the conscious, there anything she said or you want to ask? You've been very quiet, you're doing good. uh, You're having fun, I know. know. know.
0: I'm listening now, and I'm just thinking you certainly met some of my friends if you've been at the academy, so uh, circles. So we're, cool. all, we're all connected.
1: Yeah, it's a small world. that and I feel so blessed to be a part of a, You know, a, a community because
2: yeah. <laughs> what were some of the uh, highlights? I mean, you don't have to geek out too hard in terms of jargon. I might grok what you're saying, but non art I'm not a fine artist. I'm just art, you know an observer of fine art, i.e. art history. Um, what were some of the techniques that were new to you that you might be incorporating now? Um mm. obviously you're a visionary artist now. So it's like something triggered you and here you are. But um where you you see what I'm kind of saying. Were there any moments you're like, oh shit, cubism, I'm on? Like, you know, what were some totally. techniques or perspectives that maybe shape what you're up to now? I want to geek out on your art specifically later, but I'm kind of doing a bad DJ mixing up with questions here.
1: Oh, you're good. You're doing good. Um, I, I love doing the Mish technique. Uh and then I found out about intuitive painting, um, because I I am from a very intuitive family, and so opening myself to channel uh, for some of my pieces has been really weird and bizarre, Uh, and I've been kind of experimenting with that sometimes, uh, microdosing mushrooms and trying to channel different things to see what comes forward for different paintings. Some paintings are very opposite uh, emotions and vibrations, uh, because I do paint a lot of like vibrations and and i do a lot of layering of rainbows and then the mish technique is painting with with light um where you paint with white uh and then you add color to it and you keep painting on top of it and do a layer push pull thing which can be really fun and then m- mystical art you know just trying to trying to just pump out the paintings and stay motivated during COVID has definitely uh been interesting to kind of go through the different techniques i've used and and see what
2: would be fun and, and yeah. You can, uh, um, not that it matters, but like uh, Albert Durer and MC Escher both have my birthday in big three. So it's like art is dope. Cool. I can't speak for all I'm sure you guys have birthdays with famous people or whatever, but it's like art is what's up. And it's always funny cause I can't really draw. I'm a musician more than a conversationalist or whatever. Um, so it's really always really, I don't even know. It doesn't get me high, but it's very intriguing. I guess you could say to see the machinations of how you guys are operating in your field. Um, Cause it's not a quality set of skills that I have necessarily. Um, so, I mean, I'm kind of all over the place. Let me think of a couple questions. questions uh, you were doing all the, um, I mean, yeah, COVID pop like 2019. So, but you, you won the miss Oregon thing during COVID, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. I was weird. I, I figured, you know, since I had a brain injury that if I don't, I kind of have just like been on this path to try and overcome things that I never thought I could do again. Um, The doctors in the hospital told me that I could never be a mother, that I would never have a career, and I would never be independent again. And I said, fuck you. Um, I will prove you wrong. And so I've been um, living with full throttle, getting out of my way, or at least trying to, and trying to also at the same time share hope to other survivors of trauma Um, and so I decided to do this pageant Uh, I won Miss Oregon petite um, and ended up winning USA petite ambassador uh, this year which was pretty awesome Um, and it was the People's Choice Award so the people voted for me and my I'm so grateful for and my platform is bringing awareness to traumatic brain injury survivors and trauma survivors because uh, I feel like that needs to be talked about more and people need hope and I feel like if I can overcome not killing myself and losing my mind and my memory and having to recreate an identity then anybody can do anything (laughs) and you know art is healing and I think that that's really important to share right now because people are at home and we all need an outlet and I think art can really help people um, to find a way of self-expression and you know, transcendental escape for themselves. And, you know, even if you microdose or, or try psychedelics, that they're, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that we can do self work and, and healing. <laughs> so that's kind of been like my platform uh, through winning Miss Ambassador. And that's, that's what's up. I mean, yeah, having a voice,
2: uh, you're doing the good work. I mean, it's one thing to like do the catharsis for yourself, but it's another thing to like, show people what's possible for them for themselves so a uh, mm-hmm. way to be a, a way shower um i'm looking at i mean i don't know all your pieces by name or anything and i'm just kind of looking through some of your art um what <laughs> i guess i could click one and be like what was that about um <laughs> what, what have you been up to because I, I, I haven't honestly i haven't like geeked out over all your i was just like oh we got to get her on she's on the wave um, I'm, now I'm seeing all the pagan kind of elements in the Wicca. It's like nature. Okay, for sure, for sure, for sure. And I saw that before, but I don't know what I was saying. Um, what, uh, yeah,
1: I have what several paintings p- that have like three light beings in them. Um, I call them yeah, the, the light workers.
2: Okay, keep going with that. And Raphael <laughs> might want to talk about channeling with you at some point because he channels, so maybe he can give you some advice. It's not something I do. I do a lot of psychedelics, but I don't train I don't. You know, like, yeah. I guess was yeah, channeling. I guess but... I'm just currently <laughs>
0: astounded at the very first results when I'm looking up your name. Actually, is your um, movie stuff, which is awesome. Oh, cool. Why well, you still have red <laughs> hair? Yeah, because it was like I want to see a visionary art. No, but there's only pictures of you because you're a model as well. Oh, but there's the art. Yeah. Okay, from the third <laughs> row. So it's it's there. It's there. Nice.
1: Yeah. Oh my.
2: So you were talking about the uh, lightnings. I didn't mean to interrupt you. For yeah. Guy, yeah. Whatever.
1: Um, so when I, uh, when I went to Italy with my mother, um, I, I created this painting, which was a vision that came to me in a dream. Um, and usually a lot of my, my, uh, my downloads happen in dream state or a very lucid astral visit or someplace that I've traveled to. Um, and so I've been kind of experimenting with a lot of uh, mind-bending techniques, which have created the this one painting that's called Light Workers, which is three light beings that are uh, standing over me naked on the table, and they're basically recalibrating me to be sent back to Earth as a rainbow worker. Um, and in that painting, there's a naked child, uh, because I was reborn like a child, and a little butterfly that represents sharing my knowledge like a butterfly, you know, very gently coming, touching you very lightly and then going on my way, not rubbing things in your face, just making presence known and, and transformation known. And so some of my, then like a few months later, um, it's just really interesting. Some of my art are like premonitions for myself that I don't really realize what I'm creating um, or what I'm about to work through through working through a painting. Um, and then so another painting I did has those three same light workers, and that one is called Ancient Future. And it has ayahuasca representation, um, DMT, the combo toad, marijuana, um, mushrooms, and... Yeah, a and, and
2: in, the, what? <laughs> in a snickers bar uh, no, yeah. Clearly, uh, psychedelic. um
1: yeah i do like the cy- symbol stuff so so you can like make it what you want to for yourself but it it doesn't like say this is what ayahuasca looks like it's it's instead like you can look at the art and find what you need to for yourself based off of what you've experimented with already
2: right it seems like representational to the degree where obviously one looks at visionary art and like there's more to it than just like normal perceptual reality but at the same time it's impressionistic to the degree where it's not like you're saying it's not forcing the interpretation on you um totally. necessarily which yeah. is which is pretty cool um I, I'm just thinking of things I want to ask you, but I'm kind of spacing because I, I quit uh, smoking. Wow, I
0: love smoking. the elephant. I'm just looking at your website. Oh, my God. Oh, so, cool. Such a nice cool. Yeah, Nash
2: is a big thing for Raphael. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So I'm oh, yeah, um, talking about
0: memory. <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> Thank you.
2: <laughs> so, um, obviously, you're uh, a proponent, more or less, of psychedelics. Like, Do you think, how, as an artist, because I'm a creative, and I've had the issue of being like, Finding myself relying on these too much sometimes, where I'm like, "Oh, I love weed. I'm gonna smoke all the time." And it's like, "Shit!" Now I'm like burnt out, My, my serotonin is all fucked, uh, or whatever. Um, hold on, I think my internet stopped. I'm, not, I'm
0: here. No, you're Something. fine.
2: Okay, cool. Yeah, I was like, I don't know. all y'all <laughs> Um. So, what is you don't? I mean, you could be as you know forthright or as pleading the fifth as you want about it, but um, what is your philosophy with psychedelics? uh you know creative inspiration versus addiction and identification through culture like anything like that um because mm. i'm at a point right now where i'm like oh you know what i grew weed i've smoked since i was 15 i'm 36 now it's like i think i've got the lesson on that mm. um whereas when i eat acid and stuff it's like whoa that's what i want to be doing like that's where i need to be going it's comfortable mm. and fun to get high and i'm not even going to hate on it in that sense like it's better than you know if you're going to be a hedonist like that's a good vice i guess you could put that way and it's not just a advice there's a lot of value to cannabis um
1: Totally. I'm
2: curious about your
1: philosophy on that. Totally. I I do support plant medicine um, in a safe environment. I think it's very important for people to do their homework before and make sure that you're with a safe shaman. Um, I've I I, as positive of experiences as I've had, I've also had some experiences with um, bunk shamans that are not there to hold a safe place for you. And it is very important for people. Can you tell
2: us about that a little? Because I started yeah. I Ayahuasca I want to get like prepared for, and not just be like, oh, look. Yeah, give yeah. me a gulp or whatever.
1: Yeah. Um, I, I know that there's a lot of controversy around that, um, uh, especially some situations with other uh, other artists and people that, um, that want to promote psychedelics. I, I do say that, yes, they are very helpful and can be very healing. Um, it's just it's also important to be aware of um like make sure you know that the work that you want to do with it make sure that you're in a safe environment that you have a shaman to at least help you through things that is a professional will hold and open the circle and close the circle for you um and is you know the especially as a woman um knowing that you're in a safe place with someone that is there to help you that's like absolutely vital um because they can do more damage than they can good. Uh, my, well, my. I mean, you know,
2: what was the experience yeah, my, that was bad? If it's not, if you don't want to go into it, if it's too traumatizing, don't. But I'm I don't curious, mind sharing like,
1: it. No, I think it's yeah. really important for people to know. Um, so I was in ceremony, and I there was a lot of new people, at least fifteen to twenty. The shaman was a female, um, white woman, and. Uh, I had been introduced to her through another friend who has worked with her before. I found it extremely odd uh, that she opened this circle, but then left and let her helpers go around and try and hold space for some people that started really freaking out. I realized that I was one of the few that had done it before. So a lot of people didn't know not to talk. not not You know, of course, it's hard when you're like dying in your trip to keep your mouth shut from screaming because that's part of the work but it's really important for you to be with the right people to hold space for you and to also keep a balance of the room for other people as well. Um, There in a, and it just was not a professional ceremony where there weren't windows open for the spirits to leave. So she didn't go around and smudge people. Uh, she was drinking whiskey after the ceremony and actually, like, left and went up to her room. And while a girl was having, like, a mental breakdown attack, I actually had to go up into my room. Eventually, I had to take a shower and sit in the shower for, like, three hours to try and get myself in a good state of mind because it was, there's just so many it was just not a safe circle to really help anybody do any work. And, um, and yeah, I, I I really did kind of need that because as much as I do say that it was so life-changing for me and I, And it brought, it did bring my memories back doing ayahuasca actually started bringing memories back that my body remembered that my mind didn't. And that was why I loved doing it. But then I got to a point where I was like, do I want these old memories anymore? Cause I really like them. I, I I like who I am now at first I was grieving, but then I finally surrendered and said, okay, old Ren is dead. I, a new Ren is alive. I need to focus on her. And then the then I realized that I didn't need the medicine as much as I did. And then I also didn't want to take acid. I didn't need psychedelics because I was already living a psychedelic experience um, in my lifestyle and in my, in my brain bending work is what I would call it or, you know, painting vision <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and uh, so, yeah, I do, I do say like, especially like microdosing mushrooms, I think is really beneficial and I really am stoked that there's a lot of a lot of work going into that for, for people, for PTSD, so many things that, oof, that could be really helped with, um, you know, relationship therapy. I don't, I don't mind that Molly's used for that. I think it could be very beneficial. Of course, I'm not a doctor to say what is right or wrong. Um, and whoever needs what, right. But I think find what, what do your research and find out what would work best for you and find someone that's, you know, um, medically, uh, capable of holding space or, or just has the experience and, and, and dive deep into your healing. You know, Uh, I think that the mind is a very powerful tool and a little push doesn't hurt you.
2: That's a bizarre story. It makes me like, I mean, I don't know the whole situation. I'm like, Damn, I mean, this is where I'm like, I want to go to like an authentic Peruvian man in the jungle, as opposed to like, I mean, not saying this is what. If you were like up, going upstairs and she's in a room drinking whiskey, it sounds like, and I'm not hating, just like, a. Well, is this like a yeah, bunch of burners I- decided to keep doing this afterwards, and they well, just kept the lifestyle going, or how was that?
1: And that, 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 so basically like some of the best I circles I've been, in, I've been involved in are actually in the States. Um, and they're not down there. I've heard some terrible things from some places in Peru where the shamans have taken advantage of people, um, that people have been, uh, raped while on the medicine. Um, I've, there's a lot of, of controversy and, and darkness also behind the use of, of, of things that they're not, uh, given in a positive way you know um and that's why like if you i i would always recommend like bringing a friend and like you know knowing maybe someone that has already had experience like i was invited into a circle where it was only invitation in um because it was you know it's illegal and
2: that part doesn't bother me as much (laughs) the legality of it's like whatever i mean that's never clearly people who are more hippies are like fuck it uh i guess what's (laughs) fucking with me i've never done ayahuasca before it's like um i had done lsd in high school i went to a fish show in like 2003 and like ate two tabs and was just like what the fuck and went out and i couldn't
0: um
2: yeah it was intense so i didn't do ask for like uh, like 10 years or something i was just like no 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 i might do whatever (laughs) Um, And I had smoked DMT in the meantime and was like, okay, this is cool, uh, but very overwhelming. But anyway, I got back to Denver and this Pisces girl that I had like a fling with, um was an acid head and i got some from her and basically i was going to disco biscuits concert like that night or something and i ate it and i i don't know if you've ever been to denver i came up on mile high stadiums like driveway which is like a black diamond on rollerblades without brakes which is pretty intense so i'm not trying to tell you a whole trip story but the point is um usually when i was like hanging out at mile high stadium i was like hearing the thoughts of people i can't imagine and this is one of the things that makes me apprehensive about like group psychedelic work. I can't imagine like tripping face like really hard like that with a bunch of people in the same space. I've always kind of done solo things like, Oh, I'm in my room or I'm on a walk. Yeah, and and, like,
1: there, there are definitely like rules for that. Like, you know, don't touch the people around you. Try and be quiet and still like they recommend you sit up in ceremony on the floor, legs like, crossed or however is comfortable for you, but not disturb anybody around you. If you can um, Buddha statues, that's all we want. <laughs> yeah 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 because it helps i don't think i can do that everybody's I, gonna I mean, have their own experience
2: whenever i'm tripping them by myself and doing whatever it's like i'm very verbal or i'm crying and thinking about music i'm listening to or whatever i'm doing it's like i can't imagine just like keeping it in check especially under such a profound uh influence yeah like a trip or whatever it's like it doesn't seem like you know a bond yeah. or whatever it's, it's pretty dead setting so um Rafa, I'm kind of curious if you have anything you want to add, or maybe suggest in terms of the channeling and our art and stuff like that, um, because that's more up your alley than
0: mine. Well, I just briefly want to say something about shamans. Thank you for bringing up that story. And ultimately I also just wanted to say only because I go to the journal doesn't mean I'm going to find a shaman that fits with me. So again, everyone is thrown back to their own discernment, maybe use some tricks, like you said, like bring a friend, you know, and then, mm-hmm. and also in terms of experience, Jim, you know, in these states, I mean, it depends on your psychology, I guess, but it's also part of the process or can be that you with others. Like in this one mm-hmm. experience, for example, this girl started crying right from the start. She didn't stop until the end. But the point mm-hmm. was to just accept that and I was still having a best time. you know. And she was mm-hmm. fine afterwards yeah. too, I even apologized. And I was like, oh, I kind of stopped hearing you after five minutes, you know? So, yeah. Um, yeah and in terms of art and channeling i mean the little i know about visionary artists that they're finally it's, it's intertwined again and what i like so much is it always reminds me also of this like old religious art that's what i always think of and to me because the academy was in vienna for many years and when i realized I, I was like we're so blessed you know that a place like this exists and that people again are actively learning this and uh, i've met several uh, visionary artists and i think most of the art that i have is visionary art yeah and i think cool. it's just awesome that you know make the astral realm a little bit the more Kool-Aid. visible. Uh, no it's it's just i always um, no, i, like I always Kool-Aid. loved it the love most it. but That's the issue was before you could only find it as like religious art or something there was no real definition of it and then at least with the academy it became clear like there's a movement now people are interested and i'm like of course this is one of the best art styles at least to my aesthetic so yeah
2: Oh, yeah, especially if one does yeah, it a new movement. Stuff. well it's yeah. weird because what comes to mind is tibetan uh, buddhist art which is very psychedelic yeah uh, right. but it's really hard to relate to as a westerner and i think what you're doing is more tapping into the post renaissance you know vibes in a ter- you know what i'm saying right it's like i mean art is yeah. art whatever but it's like the particular iconography uh, iconography of the tibetan buddhist kind of thing which is very psychedelic um I don't know how many of us even know what's going on when we re- look at that or whatever, whereas it seems with the energetic kind of, um, the visceral kind of light work you're doing, that makes more sense for the cultural framework that I'm working from. So I appreciate it as much, if not more. Um, we've had a Tibetan artist, a Tibetan Buddhist artist calligrapher come on. Interesting guy. I'll send you that episode at some point. You might dig it. Um, but no, what I wasn't talking about, like channeling is in terms of like, uh, oh, the muse has spoken to me. I was kind of meaning more Raphael, like, did you have any advice as a person who channels consciously? Uh, she doesn't know you, but Raphael channels consciously, uh, like kind of like Bashar kind of style stuff. I don't, I mean, but then again, it's semantic. It's like, when I'm talking, I'm channeling what's not channeling in a sense. So, um, you're, open. you're, also not, you're open to the
1: downloads just flow through you. <laughs> well,
2: it's one of the downsides to being a double Gemini slash Mars Mercury conjunct in 12th house. Uh, it's just, it's wide open. There's no boundaries, but that's, that's why it, this is why i'm talking to monkeys like you because i'm like y'all i don't need to go to hell like tell me how to avoid the pitfalls if possible um, <laughs> yeah. so yeah i'll shut up but rafael if there's anything that you wanted to um maybe not i'm just curious because it's not something i could speak to in terms of like
0: but kindly define the a question channel. if you want to ask about mm, this
2: <laughs> uh, uh, it's not really uh, rena i don't know if you knew this but rafael channels <laughs> so the fact that you're channeling with your art and doing this kind of like the light beings and all that stuff maybe you guys could
0: right on that okay it's well I, I, I can relate okay to. well well uh, i think anyone can anyone who's ever been excited can relate to channeling so what i do is verbal channeling but consciously so not like bashar who's doing trans channeling and yeah i mean to me i think it's very simple just like uh, like you said it's you know opening yourself up not feeling silly and then you just choose whatever methodology fits and it can be literally anything and uh yeah, I'm not sure how much to say about it. I mean,
2: <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Cool. It's yeah, interesting. Like, you guys can geek out. I don't have to ask all the questions. Like, <laughs> feel free to cross pollinate on your own, y'all. Um, no, I'm just kidding. Shit, uh, because there's certain domains of ontological or like phenomenological reality that I haven't necessarily experienced. So you know, ayahuasca, I can't relate to that. I've smoked DMT, so I can kind of get it, but it's like no, I don't know yet. Um, so I can't speak to that. Whereas clearly, roughly, you can. um, so, I don't know, is there anything we can shoot the shit about, whatever, geek out about your art? Is there anything that we haven't talked about that you think is pressing in a, in a sense that you want to, like, relate to people and express?
1: Um, I don't know. Um, I guess, yeah, like, I, 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 one thing that I've really been missing is uh, festivals and, like, the connection with people. Having conversations like this by being an artist and, like you know, having the art up and being able to connect with people and hear their story based off of a painting. And um, it's really, I've really learned how vital and important that is, you know, and to support each other's creative endeavors and to be open to to the transformation process of it. I can't wait to do more festivals again, but I, I'm a little, little afraid of them at the moment. Uh, so... Yeah. I just, Why are you lost
2: afraid
1: my- of them? Oh, well, I just lost my father. Um, okay. and, sorry. Uh, yeah, well, he was fighting cancer and then, um, got the shot and died a week later. And I don't, of course, I don't think the shot helped the situation at all, but I will blame it on it. Um, and so I'm afraid of going out with, you know, the COVID stuff and my father got, my other dad got cerebral palsy from the shot. So just a really weird time. And it's been getting in the way of beautiful creative flow. It's been creating deeper, darker art, um, which is also a beautiful thing. Uh, I, I've been working on a painting called uh, Rainbow Bridge to Asgard, which is uh, five yeah, dimensional perspective of Asgard, which could also be known as heaven. Um, people say that the rainbow bridge Uh, that our dogs will be waiting for us there when we leave this realm or that we'll meet our friends on Rainbow Bridge and so I really wanted to create a beautiful world for all the people we've lost and for you know to just kind of have a visual perspective of a beautiful place that we could possibly all go to.
0: I just have an idea that somehow I believe this may be more important than ever both for all those people that chose to depart this level of frequency that no one feels scared for them or anything Mm -hmm. however also for what we can now collectively move towards if we master this current challenge which i'm pretty sure we're gonna do Um, because for many people i think it's hard to imagine like what happens if we get through all of this and actually we'll have a free and healthy world you know because we never experienced it really in our lifetime and uh, i think yeah there's there's something there.
1: <laughs> yes, we're definitely our 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 community consciousness. Excuse me, I burped. Um, is, um, waking I up. I
2: because they don't give a shit. Yeah, we <laughs> can. Like, <laughs> I'm, 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 it's, it's, it's and I'm not judging. I'm like, cool, good job. Yes,
1: props. <laughs> yeah, it can get me into trouble sometimes. I'm a little too blunt. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, so, I, I do think that the collective is waking up. And it's, we needed it, you know, we're waking up to so much more about how we can come together and, um, our rights and our health. And, you know, even though it's definitely been probably one of the hardest few years for everybody, um, I, I do believe, and I have hope that we'll all come out so much stronger in the end. And yeah, I'm getting chills, Woo, truth bumps, <laughs> but yeah, I, I have to feel that
2: well it's like old boy there's a really good korean thriller uh they made a remake of it i would just watch that but it came out in the mid-90s called old boy and at the beginning of it it's a really good thriller uh it's, it's crazy this guy basically you'd probably relate to it uh this guy gets gassed and uh wakes up in a hotel room and doesn't know who he is or, or he knows who he is but he doesn't know he's there and basically is held there for like 25 years and then released randomly and it's like who did this to me kind of thing you'd like it but at the beginning uh the main quote kind of whatever of old boy uh this korean film i'm talking about it says laugh and you uh, laugh at the world cry and you cry alone or something like that and it feels like we're all kind of alone crying right now just freaking out but i do believe that in some abstract way this is like a a puberty of our species or something weird like we will be better after this i imagine I, hope, I mean yeah, we have to hope um but yeah. the pot we just had a podcast right before you uh with serena Um, Serena Arlene, Arlene, a friend of astrologer uh, from Vegas, and we were mostly just talking about the vaccine and COVID. Basically, I'm not trying to get the job, Raphael isn't. He's very adamant against it. My whole family's been vaccinated. We were just talking about like how to deal with the cognitive dissonance. Such a strange time,
1: it's such a weird weird. time. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) and (laughs) I
2: won't get it. Say what? Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, it's one of those things where I feel like I'm more afraid of, like, other idiots making me do it. Does that make sense? Where it's like, yep. we're going to hold you down and give you the shot, as opposed to, like, you know, I don't mind living in a commune or, like, in a state, like a reservation. That's the worst case scenario, I guess. See, yeah. taking his head now. And I'm like, I don't want FEMA camp life, but, I mean, I'd rather do that than get a jab personally at this point, but um, yeah, it's just weird times. I'm not trying to dwell on the weird, but clearly you've been affected by it, and I haven't I put my head in the sand as soon as the shit. I was in Australia in Gold Coast kicking it uh, with a friend, and I was supposed to go to Vienna actually and hang out with Raphael. Um, And around Valentine's 2020, I landed in West or like uh, LA and got stuck in West Hollywood for a month. And ever since then, I've been like, what the fuck's going on? (laughs) Basically, right? Like, I can't travel. Yeah,
1: seriously.
2: What the fuck? So, and it's not, in some weird way, it's a wake up call because I think we were very jaded and privileged and all this kind of stuff. We need to be grateful for like freedom Mm. and grateful for community and grateful for everything i think this is kind of part of my lesson at least it's like shit
1: you never know Seriously. what you have until it's gone <laughs> um, yeah and it's all making us go within and do a lot of work um you know a lot of work a, a lot of transformation is taking place for people because a lot of americans have definitely um you do we do got it easy in in different ways of course um but i've lived in mexico which is you know could be considered a third world country which it is um and I was there when COVID hit too, and seeing the the downfall of all the things that have happened there through it, and you know, it's uh, a <clears throat> it's bringing the communities together more, um, and it's making a lot of people step up in ways that uh, that were privileged, uh, and they needed. I think you know, some people just need. Yeah, they needed. Unfortunately, some people just have to go through different things to really, you know, wake up and learn what the human experience is. You know, it's not it just about
2: like the Western culture, like America particularly, like Western culture for the past few hundred years has been on a, it's been entertaining and like, you know, I've got internet and like Woodstock, like there's good that's come out of it or whatever, right? Like of a Western kind of industrial thinking and all this stuff. But at the same time, as they say in Doctor Strange, the bill comes due. Like, Like it's got a balance at some point, right? And I think that's kind of what's happening astrologically. Even America right now is going through a Pluto return, which Pluto is about death and transformation. So it's like, we're mm-hmm. shedding the cats of skin whether we want this shit or not and this is how it's working well that's the my hope yeah um but it's just weird because right now nothing's settled it's like a sorting hat moment so it's like mm-hmm. i don't really know who my tribe necessarily is because it's changing i mean not that it's really all about quote tribe it's like i don't want to be living it's just you know what i'm saying it's like i don't there's levels of reality I don't want to deal with, and I'm not trying to be ignorant of them, but I don't want them to pertain to my reality. And yet we live in a globalized world where it's a, quote, pandemic, and everyone's like, you're culpably, culpably responsible, like, moral. you got to get this out or else you'll kill us. Like, it's just a weird time. <laughs> so I'm glad yeah. that you kind of can chill out and paint. Um, I'm chilling in Colorado playing music and doing what I can, um, podcasting nice. and stuff. But I'm hoping that we can all... <laughs> I, I got, it, it, we were just talking about this last episode but it's like uh, if you're familiar with star Wars like the last installment of that whole saga um <laughs> basically yeah. there's this whole thing where it's like yo the empire is probably gonna win the sith lord he's rejuvenated and all this kind of shit and then basically like hail mary let's let's all meet up and hope it works and it did so I think maybe that will happen but it doesn't feel that way right now <laughs> that sure. makes sense um yeah. so yeah so what are some of your techniques maybe um or, you know, who are you listening to? It doesn't have to be like, Ellen wants Terrence McKenna. Like, I love that shit. But it's like, what are you tuning into to help you get through this?
1: I've actually been, ha- I've had, I've had to disassociate. Um, Cause I am really sensitive to things and I, I can't honestly handle um, some of what's been happening and some things that I've found out uh, that are taking place. There's so many different perspectives of what's been happening and, um, a lot of conspiracy theories. And so like for me, because I've definitely battled depression this year, um, more than I ever, ever have in my life. Uh, it's a different type. I just feel really lonely. Um, not no social, no community. There's no one in my town that I really hang out with. Luckily my roommate is a painter. So we paint every night or at least try to, but finding creativity when there's so much darkness and death of, um, have been hard because not only is it's not just COVID that's killing people, it's depression, it's drug overdoses. Um, my community is definitely really struggling and that, that makes me sad. So I've, I've been trying to really focus on positive things that I can do health wise for myself. Like go to the beach. I do a lot of mushroom hunting, um, little road trips. I have uh, two dogs that I play with all the time and just try I'm, Really, I've actually done different things with my time, you know, little projects and journaling more and just trying to get out of out of the darkness and stay in the light so that it doesn't overcome me. Because I know that that's been a really big challenge for so many people right now. And yeah, it's a, well, I feel you on the cognitive. It's deal.
2: so overwhelming that I've kind of tuned out, like even like Robin was my friend and stuff. and He's like, yo, don't be so afraid. This is not what you think it is. And I'm like, I can't even look at you information because i'll be over it's just too much right now right so I'm like yeah ah, um i'll read lord of the rings and harry potter that's what i've been doing just reading books yeah yeah
1: yeah some people drop so much info on me all of a sudden that i honestly have an anxiety attack because i'm just like
2: what your- in particular by that do you mean because we've had like q people on
1: we've yeah had every type so, of
2: person on this so
1: that that stuff like the the yeah. the, the satan baby and the, the, the fucking kind of pedif- the the trafficking, like, finding out about all that was uh, really gut wrenching for me. And it took me a, a little while to wrap my head around it. Um, of course, it's good to know about things, but it, it's just hard to accept that that is happening or could be. And I'm sure it is because uh, God knows what's really going on and, under, and underneath all of this fake propaganda and you know that there's a lot of real things that are happening. Um, but you know, like finding out that we might go into a lot, how do we know all the things? Like, are we really going to go into another lockdown is civil war going to happen? Like, are they going to make it? So I can't go out of country again and I have to have a vaccine card. And are they going to come to my door and jab me? Like there's so many weird little things that are just like, I don't want to think about,
2: (laughs) Yeah, well, we don't need to think about them. I just—I feel you is my point. Um, Yeah, and it's weird because it's hard to know who to listen to or what to trust. I guess that's the other thing. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, But it's so I've been doing research, you know, a little bit here and there, and what I can handle, and um, just trying to stay positive and also like be be gentle on what I do feed my brain.
2: Word. Um, While I'm trying to think of anything else, I would want to ask. Uh, I mean, I can geek out. My head is like in five different dimensions right now. I'm like, oh, yeah, because <laughs> I started thinking it's like, man, it's been fuck-. like there's this actual art, like a uh, piece of art that I've seen. Um, I'm not saying it corroborates that this shit's happening necessarily, maybe it's a creative flight of fancy of some artist, but it's like some papal people or whatever, like stabbing a kid and drinking its blood or something crazy like that. And it's like a religious uh-huh. kind of like iconographic thing, like it's, it's not like it's not a doodle, it's like somebody like commissioned this or whatever happened. So I'm like, why yeah. would you ever paint that? I and mean, it just makes you question. I don't want to. I yeah, don't. Yeah, this seriously. is the hard thing. Like that, that, okay. Yeah, that's not
1: my jam. Save
2: the kids. Like, you know. But here's what gets <laughs> tricky for me. I'm like, is if everything's. This is the why I talk to Raphael a lot because I'm caught between the camps of like, there's things I need to do to improve the world, and I got to like change the world. This crusade and like, you know kick ass take names whatever like rebel alliance vibes or whatever um Mm -hmm. and then there's this kind of ram das everything is exactly where it needs to be like just be present and witness it Mm -hmm. and i don't really know how to feel with that right now (laughs) because i Mm -hmm. mean i don't want to be like so intellectually privileged that i become uninvolved if that makes sense Mm -hmm. if i'm just like well you're because that's a weird part about buddhism that i've learned where um, i'm not not maybe everybody um but it's like don't involve yourself in their suffering because you'll put karma on yourself and others i'm not buddhist i'm not saying that's even true necessarily but uh that's where it's getting tricky i don't want to jump into into conversations and stuff and create messes without awareness i'm mm-hmm. rambling my life but the point is it's a strange time ya, I
1: think, I so. yeah yeah it, that's uh, why I, do it, to, I don't know everything and and like i i do it, it's such a weird time where if i damned i damned i do damned i don't you know yeah. like And I'd rather not say something stupid and then, you know, not also know what the truth is behind it. So I just, I've just been listening and trying to be very present with people and, and my own emotions and what I can handle and, and all of the stuff that's happening
0: well, I'd know. say if everyone just focused on themselves, on the positive and just do something constructive and creative with integrity, you know, and not selling out to anyone, you know, with that attitude, then anyhow, the world is a different place by tomorrow. And all of the BS mm-hmm. is crumbled away, you know, so I'm not, yeah. you know, I would never so Tyra say Banks anyone is luck. say again, okay.
2: <laughs> I said, so Tyra Banks is out of luck. Uh But uh, yeah, sorry, just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, there's a huge shift happening. I do think at some point the value, like we were all mesmerized essentially by certain cultural elements. And I think we're starting to realize like the Kardashians aren't morally like they're not heroes of more, you know, it's like, that's not who we need to be or whatever it is. Right. Um, at the same time, having compassion and grace and being like, I'm as fucked up as you are. And you're not, you know, it's like, that's, that's why I'm still a Christian. It's like, I'm, I'm not any better than you all. Trust me. Um, and we, we don't have to keep worrying about uh, society and stuff. If there's anything else about that you want to talk about, I don't. We just talked for two hours before you about the <laughs> so I'm kind of like, I just don't want to go watch a movie, and yeah, out but it, it <laughs> seems that it's uh, there was like a whole year where it's like a lot of like everyone's shut up and sit still, and then after the vaccine came out, now it's turned into more of a um sorting hat where it's like you know, like I'm on Reddit a lot, and people are like, you idiots who don't take it, and it feels weird, but at the same time, I'm like this is uh, what happened to my body by choice or any of that shit, right? It's uh-huh. like, uh, where's my sovereignty in this? Um, so it's tricky in any event. Um, let me think of other things we could talk about. Um, what kind of music and culture are you into that isn't like necessarily like high hardcore, like, you know, Spongle and hippie scenes and stuff like what, what are you into?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I actually listen to a lot of flute music and spiritual music. Uh, I find that it, it's really healing for me and kind of helps me surrender um, into the spirit realm. I I love Carlos Nakai, who's an amazing shamanic flute player Um, and, you know, thievery corporation. I really dig them. I tell ya,
2: I love it. Love it. Now you're probably gonna have a lot of interests. I mean, you seem like an interesting person. So it's not like I only listen to Daft Punk and that's it. Um, But yeah, it's always funny to me to see, uh, you kind of know what I mean. What if I say this, I got to say it right. There's like, new age scenesters and that's all they do and i have a feeling you're more complex than that so that's why i'm like you know like what's your favorite beatles album or whatever you can talk about whatever um are there like yeah what are some of the books uh you're reading or movies you dig or any of that kind of stuff
1: oh i i really i do recommend so um there's a really good book that's called the extraordinary psychic by deborah katz k-a-t-z And it's like a manuscript for people to understand gifts that we have as humans, because there's a lot of intuitive, very special humans out here. And um, I feel that we've uh, been brought up at a young age to deny a lot of the gifts that we have. And this book is really fascinating. I started reading it when I was in the hospital and I couldn't read one page to get to the next without forgetting everything that I was reading. And I really wanted to read the book. And so this is like a book that I... I'm. I, I've finally finished it. Um. And she's written two of them, but it was like the book that I'm like, I must get to the second chapter. And I would finally like write down little things from the first page on the second one so I could try and get to, you know, the next page. And over a few years, my memory started getting a little stickier. Things started sticking more. So that's a really good book. It helps people create grounding cords, bringing the light into you to help you get rid of the The energies that have attached themselves to you, it helps you create a safe space and visibility so that when you walk into your room, people don't look at you. And then you're aware of the energy that you're bringing upon yourself. Um, It's just a really great manuscript with a lot of different tools for building your psychic abilities and your intuitiveness with your body and and awareness of things around you. And so I really love that one. Uh, Sounds like a dojo yeah
2: um, kind of book there's a book i read recently with um a fiance called god i am from tragic to magic she was all about it and i at first i was reading it. And i was like this is the worst wording like it's like some i don't know it was like hitting me so wrong but that was like my ego like fighting it and then once i got into it i'm like this is like really important to read but my mind is like fuck the style like you can't let styles carry away from content basically right like, yeah. country music sucks but maybe they have a really good song that you need to hear or like that kind
1: of <laughs> totally um,
2: so yeah. it's tricky but that. uh it's doable. <laughs> um so uh, how's your memory now? Like is it pretty I mean I know it's probably not going to be like 100 or 100 or whatever but it's like mm-hmm. you're finishing books remembering the things like clearly we're talking well so
1: I feel very grateful that I can make new memories. Um a lot of stuff from uh, uh, stuff is coming back every day from my past um which is nice but of course we have millions upon billions of memories. So a lot of it isn't there. And some stuff still doesn't click, like people being like, oh I know you or we've slept together. And like, oh really? Where's my birthmark? Oh Noted. fuck. And <laughs> <Like, laughs> like, I I everybody thought that I date you before <laughs> my state my taste in men and women has changed. And so everything's changed. My 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 uh my how I dress, do everything, um And I think because I'm making new memories and um, yeah, I I can remember a lot, um, but some stuff still doesn't stick. Like I do need to be reminded who people are and people's names will never stick. Um, I'm a visual learner. That's one thing that I learned in cognitive rehabilitation in the hospital was how to visually make things stick. And so I write a lot of notes and I make lists and I try and see things repetitively in my mind which has been really helpful um but yeah i've i've had i have had to come to terms with it i'm not going to remember all of this stuff unfortunately and i i do tell people that i call it short timers
0: (laughs) and uh, if i may because it's actually incredibly interesting and i didn't even think to ask about it now uh, until now is what you basically had in a sense is an experience of in a way being reborn Mm-hmm. And one of the primary things I'd be curious about is what was your sense of self or remnant of identification? Because it couldn't have been a memory, because many people, you know, associate with their cars and their what whatever it may be. And how was that feeling uh, for you? Aside, of course, you know, maybe the loss or the anxiety from not fitting in, because everyone remembers everything and I don't. But aside from that, how how was that? How was your feeling of self? Let's see.
1: Oh, I, I was, well, now I, I, I guess I would describe it. I did another podcast and a woman brought up walk-ins and um, I'd never heard that term before. So I looked it up and a walk-in is basically someone that takes over, uh, like a body when they die or go through something traumatic and gives them the power to overcome the obstacle or, um, or basically, just takes over their whole body. Um, and I don't know, of course, what really happened, but I can really relate with that. And so, I, I, my new self, I definitely don't feel like I'm from here. Uh, there's a lot of, I just never felt like I'm from Earth. <laughs> um, I'm sure a lot of a lot of humans can say that. But just to before, ask. I had a lot of pride and was, um, I wasn't, I, I was spiritual before and was very aware of myself. Uh, but I was, you know, stuck in, uh, I, I had become like a city person a little bit and blinded by trying to, you know, fame and fortune. And when I realized that that wasn't what I wanted, that was why I went fishing. I quit, I straight quit modeling and acting and decided to go fishing so I could get enough money to go to art school. And then the accident happened. And I think it was basically, it was my divine reincarnation, I think, to put me on the right path to find the darkest sides of myself and but love on us.
0: From your current perspective, would you say, because I'm familiar with the walk-in concept and I would just like to delineate, at least in the linearized experience memory we are creating in the present moment, always new, would you mm. say that the individual or personality construct or rather even soul because i would say now you have a new personality construct like you were able to build new belief systems perceptions and so on however Mm -hmm. your inherent perspective would you say that that uh pre before the accident that was another soul another entity and you feel this gonna okay so you feel more like you had to learn about it because mm-hmm. it's really like you are, you ha- really have not yourself lived that previous life. It was some other entity, even though you share the same body. Totally. Is that your feeling?
1: Yes, Okay. Yes, okay,
0: I just wanted to make sure of that. Okay, all right.
2: We've had a woman on um, who's a yeah. DJ and an uh, astrologer, who is a walk-in. She's like, I know when I died, I clinically went flat. I'm a new person. I have a different chart now, like all this kind of stuff. So it's not wow. Greek to me, but it's not something I can necessarily relate to. But it's profound, it's fascinating. I mean, Jesus Christ. Human so, basically, just
0: to point it out once again, because I find it's interesting. So, basically, if we had done this uh, podcast before your accident, we would literally be talking to a different entity, let's say. It would Could not be have been you. So, yeah. the only way that you're relating to it and saying that you did this is just because it's the same body and people tell you the story in the same way. But it's not that you would feel that this was actually you. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Very yeah. That's why I
1: don't really, I don't relate when I look at Re- the old Rena, you know, when I'm told stories, like when I went back home to Alaska, people were telling me stories of, uh, you know, because they'd introduce themselves. They're like, hey, Rena. I'm like, hey, I don't, sorry, I don't know you. I had a brain injury. And they're like, oh, well, they tell me stories. And I'm like, wow, like that doesn't sound like me at all. Um, Doesn't seem like something I would do whatsoever. And how yeah. does it
0: feel if memories come up now from what happened before how do you how do they feel to you
1: very like a whole nother life like i've
0: mm-hmm.
1: a completely different but life. your
0: life or someone else's life
1: it's someone else's life yeah
0: okay okay thanks that i can ask all this question but i just want you know so i can yeah. you know, sort this out in myself how, how what it's really like uh, and to delineate that thanks so much for indulging me yeah
1: of course, yes. <laughs>
2: what were the th- What was one of the things that they're like? Oh, we used to go bobsledding drunk, or like what? What was the thing that they're like? You did this, and you're like, no, I don't resonate. <laughs> uh,
1: well, I, I, I was told that I throw a hell of a party. And uh no
2: fucking yeah. doubt, girl. You've got yeah, first healthcare
1: <laughs>
2: Yeah, no, it's the ratchet. I'm I mean, basically you guys are like the cheerleader, like Jim Morrison's a Sagittarius. If people don't know, think about Jim Morrison, for example, LeBron James. I mean, there's a philosophical kind of like I'm a wizard, follow me vibe, like I know the truth with Sagittarians. <laughs> um, but at the same time, it's like good God, like Jim Morrison, that's all I gotta say. It's like right, it's like very libidinous and hedonistic and all that jazz. So, um, yeah, I don't doubt you threw good parties. That's what like. yeah, I meant.
1: Yeah, I guess I was a, you know, an extrovert. Now I'm definitely more of an introvert, like very introverted. Um, um, I used to love attention. Now I'm, you know, I, I am shy, even though I, I still model. I, I just feel comfortable in front of the camera. No one else is around. <laughs> so it's just a, you know, it's interesting.
2: Well this won't mean much to you but your north node which is kind of your dharma karma whatever the tr- like trajectory where you should be going kind of energetically in this life is in Taurus if i'm not mistaken uh yeah Taurus mm-hmm. and fourth house which is cancer flavored like you basically if this makes you feel any better like whether you're on the main circuit the glamorous life or whatever that's kind of secondary you're mission if you want to put that way is to nurture in a grounded way but and to create
0: Can that, I like, ask Jim in, beauty, in a sense you said the accident wasn't her original chart wouldn't it be incredibly yeah. interesting to see cuz wouldn't she actually need a new birth chart for when the accident happened I'm just asking at I least it would be it. interesting I mean, to I don't take know. a look I'm not like no a I'm just like that no I'm just <laughs> I'm, I'm like just like wondering me. now because if we say it's another soul or whatever That's we want what to Maroon define does, this you know
2: right Yeah, Maru was like, I made the birth chart. Like, she was like, I used to be a Libra, but now I'm a Scorpio. And it's like, well, you know. And that's
1: actually someone told me that, because I thought I had Leo before in my chart, and now it's Cap Moon. Because I thought I was a triple fire, and, and I guess now I have Cap in there, which was really weird for me. But then I figured maybe I messed up the time I was born or something. So that's interesting.
2: Well... I don't, like, yeah, that's one of those things I don't try to proselytize. It's like, I see the truth of this, and if you want to, like, get high off my fucking vibes, cool, but I'm not like, you're an idiot if you don't believe this. Although I'm always telling my family, I'm like, how do you think they found baby Jesus, the magic? <laughs> uh, magicians yeah. from not near there? We're using astrology. It, it, however metaphorical that story may be, or accurately, historically. Um well, I don't want to keep you all day forever and ever. um Is there anything we haven't, like I said, discussed that you want to kind of broach? Maybe upcoming projects. It seems like you're kind of in a hermit card, which was the, you know the alien. It's ironic because the walking concept is like the oh, yeah. alien card, which is the hermit. So it's like you're stepping yeah, in from distant places so and you don't even know. Right?
1: See,
2: so this is why yeah. I do this shit because like there's magic everywhere. I just have to. And
1: that's so weird together. too because I've been really wanting to paint like a naked alien women series, like a kind of erotic, but alien, beautiful women and, and, uh, in different worlds. Um, and I've been having these visions of doing it lately. So may, that's kind of clarifying for me, um, <laughs> to do Let's something do like that. Cause yeah. I think we need more sexy alien women paintings, you know? Well, it's I, I mean, it's true because
2: art's so big. Uh, I've got H.R. Geiger. Um, I actually, when I was in Switzerland, I went to his bar, which yeah. is the only place I've ever thought I saw a ghost or something. I was like, "What the fuck's going on?" But anyway, he's got a, a tarot deck that's very 4D, not love and light at all. But uh, you might find some inspiration there in terms of he's a lot Yeah, dude, he was like, "I want like-
1: that tarot deck. I have a bunch of tarot decks. I want that one."
2: you i have it on my computer i don't even think they print it but you i can send you a link or something to the pdf i've got salvador Dali and like william blake and all these people it's like i don't have their Ooh. decks
1: i got but, the Salvador one yep
2: yeah that's just tits so um yeah i mean basically you're cool as fuck i thought so that's why i asked you on here magical it seems like you've had an interesting life don't i don't have to cheerlead you into this domain of thought it's like you're exactly where you need to be clearly so don't Thank sweat you. it um it's really cool seeing your creative output seeing how kind of circles overlap um yeah, i'm true. not sure what festival life and all this stuff is going to be like in the future but hopefully our paths cross at some point or whatever
1: yeah. and yeah well, if i ever come out to colorado i'll let you know um definitely. i yeah I, I plan on it hopefully that there, there's some pagan parties that are a lot of fun that i try to go to um and yeah
2: well yeah like thanks for coming on um I mean, I know you don't know us, so it's a risk and all that jazz. So good on you for doing that. Is there any kind of like parting sentiment or like what you're going to be up to as far as you know, that you want to kind of oh. share with people? We'll make sure to put your links and all that. in the, um, Yeah. In
1: the yeah. Um, well, I've, I've actually been working on a book um, that is titled a Drinking Rainbows, and it has already been written and turned into a screenplay for a major motion picture, which is being brought around Hollywood right now by the screenwriter, um, who's gomez so hopefully um i hopefully that'll p- be picked up um the the book is about uh, the movie is about the experience in the hospital which was extremely uh traumatizing uh because there was a lot of malpractice that took place and so the the movie's about that and then hopefully you know in the future um whatever happens with that because in the book it's going to be a lot different it's you know obviously growing up in alaska the hospital experience but then going into the uh working on pot farms psychedelics uh the festival experience what it's like um reinventing and going through different things and so it's been it's been fun for me to write and i hope that it can help other people um find hope in in their story and their struggles with themselves and you know know that you're not alone and in your battle with life
2: <laughs> that's what's up because as soon as you said that phrase that is the title of the book or the movie or whatever um way back when i think you had said it in passing uh with the spirit like with the ayahuasca trip you said you had like all those mm-hmm. rainbows came in and they're like you can spit rainbows or whatever you said uh i was like that's a good that's a zinger i like that shit. um I mean, <laughs> I didn't that. Movies, but...
1: download yeah, exactly.
2: <laughs> Make my Facebook picture, but it's vomiting a rainbow filter like from a decade ago. I thought that shit was. I
1: saw that's. I actually was like, okay, this podcast is cool because he's actually. I painted a painting of rainbows coming out of my mouth, just like your profile picture.
2: Well, I haven't yet done that on ayahuasca, but I thought it was funny that
1: a friend (laughs) gave it to me. I was like, that's
2: a funny fucking edit. I'm gonna make that my profile picture. The other one that used to be, it was a face swap with a cat and it's like my cat, and it's like... I love it. it Um, (laughs) But uh, no, props on getting that out there. I was going to say you should write it. I mean, I didn't know you were writing a book, but it's like, you got a pretty compelling story. You should probably get that on paper. Thanks,
1: Um, thank you. I have a little ways to go, but it's happening.
2: That's what's up. So yeah, it seems like you're doing good stuff. Uh, One kind of thing that's hitting me, it's like, I don't know. I mean, I'm not like, yeah, let's listen to Bob Marley all the time. I'm not like way into reggae particularly. Um, I respect it or whatever. But um, Sun is Shining, which is kind of a big popular... Bob Marley's song. Mm-hmm. Anytime it's in there's it's like, um, I'm a rainbow. Like I'm looking for the rainbows, too. It's like, Rainbow Tribe is up in this bitch. That's what, what's happening, basically. And I think it's starting to get really that. dark because we're here. It's like the contrast is shifting. So hopefully we can all just like puke rainbows on each other and raise the vibes and have fun. But yeah, bottom line, you're cool as fuck. It seems like you've had a wild ride, and it ain't over yet. So hold on tight, Thanks, girl. Brother. But yeah you're cool as fuck and uh, we'll be sure to uh, if you want to come on like shoot the shit with david Haskin or any of these people that we have on um just geek out with other people i mean i know you can't go to festivals we can make a scene like this that it's would be fun
1: sometime powwow. yeah I'm down yeah
2: so uh yeah thanks for giving us your time and energy you're cool as fuck um guys we're out here team rabbit hole we're all out here doing our thing let's like fucking make this 12d transition or whatever's going on here um rafael you got any parting thoughts
0: just thanks so much for sharing your story i think it was most enlightening and highly interesting uh thanks for allowing us to ask you all those questions and just like jim said taking the risk of coming on you know uh, and yeah well she know. does
2: do drugs so it was only so risky <laughs> it's <was> like <laughs> here open your mouth and come on this podcast so yeah we'll get you on here other sometime um i'll but yeah, we'll let you go. We'll cut you loose here. I guess it's a fishing term. I don't fish, but there you go. Um, we'll cut you loose. Thanks for giving us your time. And yeah, keep it up, girl. You're kicking ass. Thank
1: you so much. Thank I you. really appreciate it. And for uh, for the listeners, if you want to find me on Instagram, um, my handle is at artist Renna Monet. And my name is spelled W-R-E-N-N-A. Monet like the artist.
2: Keeping it real. Take it easy, dude.
1: You too. Thanks, guys. Bye.
0: <laughs> Thank you.